I think we can move on to the segment we've been looking forward to. We'll spend like 40 minutes on this, but let's talk about how this title run is going to impact the, the player legacies for guys playing now. We are recording this the day before the play-in starts, so this will come out by the time the postseason starts uh, in just a couple days. There is no set order for this. We will just toss guys back and forth and determine, first off, hypothetically, can they win the title? And if so, how does that impact their historical legacy down the road? Uh, Micah, because you're the guest in the pod, I will let you go first with this. Who is your one of your most intriguing players to watch out for when it comes to this upcoming title run? So for me, there are two ways to look at this, which is with a deep playoff run, whose legacy can be most positively impacted moving forward and in the history books. And then you can also say with a sloppy first round exit, how much am I going to take away from this season thinking, oh, they're strictly a good regular season player or it's just same old, same old. And for me, James Harden is yes, that was my guy. Number one, regardless of my list at this. <laughs> well, not just on the list. I think he's got to be number one. He was number one because, on my list too. <laughs> okay. Because he is obviously an all time great regular season player who has had his fair share. Well, really more than his fair share of playoff shortcomings. And he is now the product of the biggest midseason trade, really two in the last two years. And the super team in Brooklyn broke up. And now he's brought to Philly to be the true number two alongside the true number one, but be the Robin that he was essentially made to be as a guy that has lost a step from his peak status where he was overwhelming every one-on-one matchup and was forcing teams into disarray defensively. But Harden needs this probably as much as any player. And a first-round bye-bye at the hands of Siakam and company with the Toronto Raptors would be devastating for him because I think that there's still – opportunities for him to finish as one of the 20 best players of all time but I think the only way that he gets there is at least a finals appearance but he probably has to hoist a finals MVP yeah so he's easily the the guy to talk about because he has the highest floor and the lowest basement like if he won the title I think he would probably be in the top 25 cat like conversation Because as of now, on my list that I've got for the all-time greats, he's like in the low 30s range. Do you have him ahead of Nash and Stockton? I think I have him higher than Stockton and Nash, but not by far. They're all in like that 31 through like 40-ish group of like, they all have like great. Behind Kawhi to you? I've got Kawhi higher. I love Kawhi. Like Kawhi is way better for me. I think like the, everyone says he's like the now generation's version of Carl Malone. Why not just compare him to the now generation's George Gerving? Like you think about it just in terms of everything, like great superstar, awesome seasons. But when it came to the postseason, time and time again, failed at the highest level with easy opportunities at Gerving that like there were so many times, even before the Lakers Kareem and magic era where they could have made the finals. You look at Harden, there was like, the one that sticks out to me is that 2015 comeback against the Clippers where Harden isn't playing. And then 2019 where 
no Kevin Durant, they're at home, and Curry goes off and they can't win that game. Like, those are the two that stick out for me. If Harden doesn't win this, I think that's kind of the end of him as, like, a superstar. I think you would have to degrade him at this point of his career as a – he had a great resume. He won an MVP, put up awesome stats, but he couldn't get it done. Well, you bring up the term superstar. I think that I don't consider him to be a superstar anymore because I think they're seven. And then if you count Kawhi, assume that he comes back near the level that he was, which was being a legitimate superstar in the NBA. And those seven guys in no order, Giannis, KD, Joker, Braun, Steph, Kawhi, or Steph, Embiid, and Curry – Harden is not in that level, even though he's supposed to be still. And granted, he's had an amazing career. We all know that he is an MVP, and that obviously should, unless you're Derrick Rose, really put you in one of the 40 best players of all time. So he's definitely number one. Number two for me, and we mentioned him on an earlier pod about this specific thing, which is CP3. Yeah. CP3, if we want to right now say there's no better player all time who has never won a finals and has never won an MVP. I mean, CP3 has never been to the final, or excuse he won to the finals last year. I'm saying, yeah, there's no better player who has never won a finals and never won an MVP. The best player to have not won an MVP is probably Wade and Maybe Elgin Baylor for both those yeah, categories. Elgin that Baylor would... comes to mind. And he would be able to probably pass both of those two guys in all-time rankings if the Suns were to win the finals this year, given the amount of depth in the league, as well as the fact that it would be essentially him in his potentially last really good chance to get the job done. CP3 would be able to take his game – from being a top 30 guy to firmly in the top 20, which would be huge for him because that basically puts him in the pantheon level of all-time grades. Yeah, on my list, he's in the Harden category of like that 30s, but that was before the finals run. So I haven't updated it yet. Based you have on him like, ahead of Isaiah? That's one where I had to have the conversation for because I think I probably could have him over Isaiah. The longevity for CP3 is insane. The Like I can't get over the stat where – Every team, and he's been on four franchises, keep in mind, have gotten better with him and worse the moment he left. He like that's kind finals, of, or he was an MVP finalist in 08. Yeah, like the, the one downside is like he was never a, a top two player. Like maybe, uh, except that 08 year, he was never a top two player definitively. There was yeah. an argument, but not a, a definitive like accomplishment. But CP3, if he wins the title, that caps off the last missing piece of the resume. I think it's not concerning to put him in the top 15 conversation it's definitely top 25 like he's going to be in that range of 15 to 25 and if he doesn't win it I still think he'll be top 30 like he might be like 27 let's say in that range but a title for him for positive he would get the most positive outcome for winning a title especially with this season this dominance like being this old and pulling off this would be incredible oh definitely then I think those two are firmly number one and two for me in that order. Well, then, I've got I've got an interesting one. I, I don't, we haven't talked about him yet, but I'm going to shift to back east real quick. How about Giannis? If he wins the back to back titles, 
I think that would kind of make it from top 25 to because th- the problem is that Giannis has a young resume, like there's still plenty of time. Yeah. But I think you would have to have him over Carl Malone, over KG. Oh, like any, would- of the other, any of the other power forwards this side of Tim Duncan. I mean, I would certainly. I think that he's already the third greatest international player ever behind Hakeem and Dirk. I, at that point, would have to have him over Dirk as well as KG and Malone and Barkley, Elvin Hayes, Bob Pettit, whatever power forward you want to name besides Tim Duncan, he would definitely be better. And when it comes to playing at an absolute apex, there's a case to be made that no power forward has ever played at this level anyway. So... Giannis with another finals MVP back-to-back after winning back-to-back MVPs. Oh, man. We're talking about one of the best five-year runs a player will have ever had, regardless of position. So, yeah, that obviously would be a huge addition. The reason why I didn't have him that high is because I feel like he's already gotten the job done, unlike some of these other guys. And... I also had to factor in the idea of how much differently would I think about the player should it not happen versus how much differently will I think it will happen? Because I would bet any amount of money that I have that this Milwaukee Bucks team is going to win another championship during Giannis's tenure. Well, and the thing is too, like I, that's a great point because I think if he doesn't win it, I think the legacy is still there. But if he wins, I think it's the upside, though, for me. Because if he wins it, as you said, it would push him past all of those power forwards. And it would basically be Tim Duncan and then him. And that's it for, like, the best of all time. And it would push him from, like, top 30 guaranteed to, like, like, is he even, like, career-wise, he could have a case to be better at the same par as Moses Malone if the dominance keeps going up. That I have Malone, like, 15th on my list all time, like, he would be in the top 2015 range, like at the absolute apex. If we keep this up, like yeah, moving up from like potential outsider looking in, in the top 22 firmly, almost in the top 15 is a very big leap than going from like 90th to like 70th, let's say on my list. Definitely. And then aside from Giannis, I have, I really didn't know how to choose between these two players, which is Joker and Embiid. Embiid has never played a game in a conference finals before. And we think of him as the absolute Batman to Harden's Robin. So if the Sixers were to stumble, especially in the first round, he would have to shoulder most of the blame, even though the actual storylines will be nothing but, oh, the Sixers traded away a bunch of good players to the Nets that might still be alive after this team has perished. And James Harden essentially blundered his way into a short-term nightmare for Daryl Morey. But Embiid is a guy who thinks of himself as an MVP. And historically speaking, there is a precedent that's been set that MVPs, even if you feel like you got snubbed in the regular season, you basically make people who didn't vote for you kind of want to rescind or take back their vote saying, you know what, we messed up that one. We're going to hope that you in some way make us pay for it in the postseason. That's got to be what Joel Embiid thinks. And then Jokic, who we both think is going to be a back-to-back MVP, 
Back-to-back MVPs are in a whole different class of all-time greats. In the last 10, 10 years, it's been LeBron, Curry, and Giannis. I mean, KD never did that. Kawhi doesn't even have one. Harden could have won back-to-back, and depending on who you ask, should have. But that's a whole different class. And then you basically look at Jokic and say, you know, the Warriors aren't sure what kind of Curry they're going to get. Can you demand him get out of the first round this year? There are a lot of different ways you can look at this. Yeah, Jokic is the more fascinating one because I think if he won the title, first off, it'd be impossible. Oh, my. We talk about Hakeem dragging the 95 team. He had Clyde Drexler on that team. I mean, well, how about Dirk, 90, How about Dirk 94? 94, well, Otis Thorpe was the best guy. Like, how about that one? <laughs> 90, well, 95, he at the time was second all time in terms of points scored in any finals run. He averaged 34 a game for the entire finals run. And that's why I slightly give the edge that season. I also think that the competition was higher given that David Robinson stole the MVP that he thought he should have had that year. And then he, obviously wallops him in San Antonio in the conference finals. But if there was something like that with Jokic this season, even if they didn't win the finals, let's say that they make it to the finals and then they lose in a hard fought series to the bucks in six. Oh, wow. That would be one of the more jaw dropping runs any player would have had. I mean, we talk about LeBron in 18 or LeBron in 07 among teams that have been dragged to the finals by a center, LeBron and Hakeem are two of the best floor raisers of all time. And I think Jokic would instantly put himself in that category. And then would we say that he's the second best European player? He's better than Dirk at that point. There are so many different ways you can look at this with Jokic. Well, what makes this complicated is that he is similar to a couple of guys we mentioned, the very, very low basement, but also very, very high, high ceiling where yeah. he has the young resume. So he can easily just not be in a top 70 or 65 because of how young he is. But if he even makes the finals or even the conference finals, I think you would have to put him in like the Patrick Ewing, Dave Callens, like bubble of like flawed centers. That- Howard, who gets super overlooked all the time. Yeah, like, if, like I think like there would be a good argument, like Dwight Howard versus Anthony Davis versus Jokic. Like, how do you rank those guys? Like, that would yeah. be impossible. Like, but Jokic would be in that category, at least, which I think matters. Jeez, I mean, this is just one of those blessings and potential curses about being a back-to-back MVP is there is a room full of all-time greats, and then there's Steve Nash, who keeps knocking on the door, but he never gets the right code. Yeah, right. Um, and Embiid's fascinating too because with Embiid, I mean, like, hell, like, as much as the resume is there, like, it's not really there either. Like, the yeah, it's it's another Nash syndrome, like, or I guess CP3 until he made the conference. Like, the guy hasn't had any success, like, the sample size has been there this season. I'm looking at the landscape, like, they I could see them losing the first round. I think that really is going to hurt Embiid's historical legacy. Oh, that definitely would, because he is a guy who would be coming off of his best season. And do we think that Siakam or Harden is the second best player in that series? If you think that it's Harden, 
they would have the two best players in that series. And if you're really an MVP candidate, you don't lose those kinds of series. Another guy I have on my list, similar category to Jokic and Embiid. Let's talk about Luka because Luka's another young resume, just started up. But if he even makes the finals, I think similarly, it'd be that LeBron 07 track easily. And I think you would have to have him in like that top 55, 50 conversation for sure. Oh, at that point, if Luca as a 23-year-old took this team to the finals or even the conference finals at this point, which means they would probably have to get past the Suns. Oh, you're talking about a on track at least for one of the 15, 20 best careers potentially. At that point, you would probably think that Luca is maybe a top three player in the league if he were to put on some kind of ridiculous run like that. When LeBron went on that run in 07, at the end of those playoffs, LeBron had as strong of an argument as anybody that he was already the best player in the world at age 22. You could have said that it was still Kobe or, I don't know, Duncan or Dirk, even who was the MVP that year after miserably failing in the first round. But man, that's a whole different level of dominance. But then you can also say Luca obviously has the calf strain right now and the Dallas Mavericks don't really know what his availability is going to be expected. Calf strains are really difficult, especially on guys that rely on their ability to bully opponents. And Luca, unlike LeBron or Giannis, is not at this point essentially a freak of nature that we expect to essentially terminate an injury and look as though nothing ever happened wrong. Say that he comes back in game four and the Jazz are up two to one in the series. I think that it would be reasonable to expect the Dallas Mavericks to still win that series, given that they would still have game seven in their home building. And he's one of the the players that I hate the injury, obviously, because I don't want to see the jazz win. And then basically people say Luca tried to come back in game five when they were down three, one, and it just looked hopeless from there, or he didn't come back at all. And then the jazz, you know, one in six or whatever, but I feel as though this is one of those turning points in his career because he can go with the MJ start to the career where he gets bounced in the first round three times in a row and then instantly something clicks or he gets his own Scotty, who knows. But you can also look at this and say, man, the Western Conference, does it feel like it's time for a changing of the guard? You know, in the mid-2000s, are the Pistons ready to be dethroned by the Cavs? And then here come, you know, the Phoenix Suns, who I guess are the Boston Celtics. Yeah, there, there's some comps here. It's, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Man. I was like, as, as much as we made fun of the whole LeBron or Luca's the new LeBron 07, like we all joked about it. And then quietly, it's been kind of reality so far. Maybe in the postseason, things are different. Yeah. Like this will age very well, very poorly by uh, in like a couple months, let's say. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Or in, or in one month, maybe the Jazz end up upsetting the Mavericks. We'll see. But, uh, Another well, guy I have on my there to be an upset if Luca either doesn't play or comes back mid-series, and then it looks like he's, you know, a guy playing on a calf strain, and he is obviously a guy that relies on his ability to bully smaller defenders. 
So I've got two more guys on my list, but I'll let you go first. Do you have any other guys that you think will be most affected by some sort of championship run? Well, I have Mitchell and Gobert essentially tied because this postseason is probably the end of something. I'm not sure that it's one out of those two guys or both of them potentially. It's probably Quinn Snyder who gets scapegoated the way that we always see when it comes to NBA teams if the Jazz miserably fall flat on their face again. But this is a huge opportunity for Gobert essentially to rewrite some of the wrongful accusations about his career when it comes to the Jazz playoff shortcomings. And then Mitchell, you've got to think that this is the point in his career where he either takes door one towards all-time great status or at least starting his train in that trajectory or to the left of I hate to say it like Vince Carter maybe or oh don't I mean, say that don't say that name that's a bad name <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that would still be a 20-year career but other ones I think of like Mitch Richmond or oh those are the really bad names man you're really putting all the cards know, on two hours in <laughs> there's some really different doors that you could go through or yeah i mean the third door which is mitchell kicks the door in on the jazz and says trade me to miami and get whatever you can in return yeah or or the other door which is just they blow it up they're like we're done with this like trade go bear before the extension gets horrible build around mitchell maybe f- figure that out they would fire if if they don't make the pass the first round, Quinn Snyder's gone. Like, that's a easy for sure. It's stupid, but, like, it's going to happen. Like, it's just the reality of the NBA. And then the next guy that I get to is DeRozan. Okay. I know that he's obviously a guy that's had playoff shortcomings. I don't think that it's reasonable to expect the Bulls to upset the Eastern Conference favorites. And in my opinion, my pick to win it all, again. But – At the same time, he is a guy that has notoriously disappeared. They call him DeFrozen for a reason for his teams. And with the Bulls really needing every possible thing to go right for them in this series, including Patrick Williams to look like a legitimate third option besides DeRozan and Levine. Like Michael Jordan might have to come out of retirement to keep this series alive. We're talking that level bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or that would be a good way of putting it, essentially. <laughs> so I've got three more. So I've got two more guys in a special bonus round because I want to like kind of yeah. end on the, on the horrible note. So I've got Kevin Durant next on my list. Definitely out of all the guys, I think he has like the least to move because the we know he's a top 15 guy. Both of us comfortably have him there. But if he did win a title in two different franchises – that's something that only a handful of guys have done. Like we're talking LeBron, Shaq, uh, yeah, Wilt, Kawhi, and that's kind of like really about it in terms of just pure on multiple teams. They've been successful. They won titles. Yep. Uh, as the best player on each of those. As teams. the best player, I might add. I think if you had, if you had Durant win the title this year, or even make the finals after this chaotic mess. I think Durant, you can make a case, could be in, like, the Shaq, Kobe, like, eighth best all-time. I wouldn't do it personally, but I think he could leapfrog a couple guys if – Would he he leapfrog Bird? No, I I don't – that's tough, man. 
You're playing the Larry Bird card on me when I'm surrounded by Boston people here. So <laughs> I, 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 de- I. I definitely think the ceiling is six. Like if he won the title, you would have to think about putting him ahead of Kobe Shaq. Hakeem, that gets that gets into the Hakeem, that gets into the Hakeem Tim Duncan Larry Bird conversation. Like he would be firmly in the top ten, I think, if he won a title for sure. Yeah, so do I. That would be. I'm assuming he wins Finals MVP as well because I don't see. I mean, Kyrie is great, obviously, but one of the problems that the Nets could get into, which is Kyrie thinking that he's Batman and subsequently Durant defers to him too much and it ultimately bites them in the end. Yeah. Kyrie's actually another interesting one where if he won the title, that'd be, that'd be a weird conversation. Like you kind of have to put him in the top 75. If he won two titles as a second banana, you're like, he'd be like the Joe Dumars. <laughs> like you can never have him as your best player, but if he's your second best player, you're absolutely cruising, which I mean, yeah. that's valuable. So Steph Curry is the other guy on my list. Okay. Another guy where it's like the ceiling isn't too far high, but I think he would be in the top, like outside of Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Magic, those three in some order, whatever. Curry would probably be like the fourth best guard after that, right? If you won the title? Oh, I would have him over Oscar at that point. You would have him over Oscar. Interesting. I think there's already a case that he's better than Oscar because – Oscar, much like Luca, needs to have the ball in order to be effective. And Curry is one of the more portable, brilliant scorers of all time. While he still needs to have a few more seasons, I believe, of dominant play in order to justify the longevity part of that argument against Oscar, with a finals run here, Oh, I don't think that it's a question at that point. The only thing he's missing on his resume is a finals MVP. And we know he's obviously a two-time MVP. He's already won three championships, multiple, multiple time MVP and four time championship winner is essentially the same resume that you're looking at as Tim Duncan. So I don't really have the problem with saying that Curry is already one of the 20 best players of all time and anything more that he adds to his resume, I think would end the Oscar conversation because Oscar is a guy that started his career off really great, but slowly, or excuse me, quickly deteriorated versus Curry who started slow with all the injuries. And then as soon as he was able to figure out his off ball movement, soared to new heights honestly that i don't know that oscar really ever met maybe the 30 10 10 season but that would be it well and also extra bonus points to the side for same team with all the success like that that's another thing oscar oscar was in cincinnati and then flamed out and then was basically second banana to kareem and honestly third banana because bob dandridge is pretty underrated for that milwaukee team so there's underrated but we all know that Oscar was the clear number two. Yeah, yeah. At least okay. by, yeah, I, I'd say so. So here's the, the last guy, not in the playoffs, but I got to ask you, how does LeBron not making the postseason affect anything? Because I really think it does. I think having this weird stretch of like 2019 after jumping to the Lakers, they missed the playoffs. Following season, Things look pretty good. Then the bubble happens. They get a bunch of lucky breaks to win the title. And the last two seasons have been basically flame out and more flame out. 
this Lakers tenure, but particularly this season, I think won't move him down, of course, from second best player of all time. But I do think it really hurts the GOAT case when this just happened. I don't know if I'm overreacting off of just results that happened a couple of days ago, but what do you think that impact will have? Well, you know that I try my best when we're ranking all-time players to separate most, or excuse me, more accomplished versus the best. I think that LeBron is the best player of all time, and that's obviously not a discussion for now. But <laughs> that could be another hour. <laughs> when we ranked Jordan, do we sweep the Wizards' years under the carpet? LeBron is a better player now than Jordan was when he was with the Wizards, and while those teams – did nothing as well. People just don't bring it up. They also don't bring up 95 against the magic. So those kinds of things obviously do ding a player's career, but when you're already the best ever, it would take monumental failures over the next few years in order for that to significantly change. I honestly don't think that it does because LeBron has showed that he is as fresh as ever, at least on one end of the floor and he is aging perfectly. I mean, there's nothing really stopping me from saying that by late in this decade, he might still be one of the five best players. And who knows? The year is 2050. LeBron has scored 55,000 points. <laughs> LeBron James the third is about to be drafted. And LeBron says that he's going to stick around and wants to play with his grandson. Yeah, definitely agree there. Well, we can end on this note because we're almost two hours in, but we got through everything we wanted to cover, which is awesome. Uh, playoff prediction for the rest of this postseason. Bucks over Suns in a rematch, but the Bucks ultimately prevail again. Damn, history repeats itself despite a crazy season, according to your eyes. Well, this yep. was a crazy episode. We were able to pump out three episodes kind of in one here. And this was awesome to do this before the postseason. So Micah, another fantastic episode. And more importantly, have a lot to talk about, both during the postseason and of course, after once we see if our predictions hell hell true or not. Storylines galore. Thank you, my man. Of course.